This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. Welcome to this episode of Real Talk. It's Jesperson here on this uh, August 2nd alongside John Hicks. Uh, we want to mention the date right out of the gates because uh, we're going to be updating you on a story and you're going to think, did I accidentally click on a past episode of Real Talk? Have I accidentally, have I accidentally bumped it back a few months? And I'm, No, no, this is, as we get into conversation around Donald Trump uh, and, in, and an indictment that he's facing, this is not the same one as before, which was not the same one as before that. What we mean is that this is the third indictment that Trump will face, the former president of the United States who wants the Oval Office back, indicted yesterday after we wrapped up our show on criminal charges uh, by a federal grand jury in uh, relation to his efforts, and there are co-conspirators named here, uh, to overturn the 2020 election. This, of course, leading all up to the January 6th assault on the Capitol. I know you're familiar with that story. Uh, the former president charged yesterday with conspiracy to defraud the United States, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against rights. He's scheduled to appear in court in D.C. tomorrow. Whether or not he'll be there, we don't know. Uh, but his office says that they will seek a uh, speedy trial. This the special counsel's office. They're calling January 6th an unprecedented assault on American democracy fueled by lies. No comment from POTUS, from Joe Biden at this point, and people are expecting that that will uh, remain the case. He doesn't want to give fuel to Trump. Uh, that political persecution narrative and, and, you know, sources close to the current president say that he feels very strongly that uh, those occupying the Oval Office shouldn't be commenting on proceedings before the court, which is typically uh, what presidents, prime ministers and other leaders stick to that principle. Uh, it also makes it a little bit easier on them, doesn't it? Not comparing the situations, but you remember closer to home, Alberta Premier Danielle Smith, uh, as soon as she got into that dust up with the CB which, by the way, you'll remember the CBC ended up walking back its reporting. Smith says, we may sue. And because of that fact, because we may sue, unfortunately, I can't talk about it. It could be a matter before the court. So it got her off the hook in that circumstance. I'm not comparing the situations. I'm just saying it's no surprise if President Joe Biden stays quiet on this one. You know, who's not going to stay quiet on it is our guest today. Stephen Carter is going to be joining me very rarely boring. I don't think I've ever heard an interview where Carter hasn't brought it. And we're going to get his take on this indictment. We're going to bring it closer to home. Uh, Carter uh, lives near and works out of Calgary, uh, spent some of his time in the mountains. But of course, he's paying close attention, like everybody else is, to this story involving the Calgary Stampede. Uh, conspicuously absent, wouldn't you say? Significant commentary from a lot of Western Canadian talk show hosts from a lot of prominent people, especially out of the Stampede City. Have you noticed this story? I know it's the beginning of August. I know people are on summer vacation, but a lot of people seem a little bit hesitant to chime in on this one. Have you noticed, which seems a little bit unusual since we're talking about a, a class action lawsuit where the Calgary Stampede acknowledges that the 70 people attached to that class action have fuel Behind their fire, the Calgary Stampede admitting negligence, admitting 
that it knew that an adult uh, that was working in a leadership role with the Young Canadians Performance Group had been abusing, sexually abusing, assaulting, photographing, harassing young people, first reported in 1987, an investigation launched in 2012, that's 25 years later, the lawsuit launched in 2017. This individual who we're going to talk about, Philip Hirma, convicted of, you know, to 10 years sentenced he was in 2018. I mean, we're talking about decades long assault and the stampede acknowledging we played a big role in this. They're acknowledging culpability. They're settling this lawsuit. Why isn't this story massive in Western Canada? We know it's because of the Stampede Mafia. It's because of the power that the Calgary Stampede holds in Calgary and across the province of Alberta. Will us talking about this cost us invitations to Stampede parties next year? Probably. Do we give a shit? No. Why aren't more people talking about it? We're going to ask Stephen Carter. And we're going to get into some of the lighter news stories as well. Coming up in this episode of the show, which is proudly presented by our friends at Rello. You know, this time of year, it's the time of year when a lot of people are starting to look at maybe what their career might look like moving forward. Maybe you're restless in your current role, or maybe you're just looking for a change of pace. You know, the kids are going to be heading back to school in about a month. Things are going to be kicking back up all around you. People are getting back into their schedules. And, and right now, while a lot of people have vacation on the brain, not you, you're thinking bigger than that. You know that this is the best time of year to take that real estate course that you've been thinking about and start a career that you actually love. Leave cubicle life behind for good with Rello. Rello's online real estate courses are fully accredited to help you get your start, get your real estate license in Alberta. I want to let you know they've just added commercial real estate courses to their offerings with more courses coming soon. It means that no matter where you envision yourself in the world of real estate, Rello's going to get you set and ready to go. Get licensed the easy way with Rello's convenient, self-paced courses. You can visit Rello.ca. That's R-E-L-O dot C-A today to get started. Also wanted to mention uh, in the news, this is a, a bit of a surprise, to be quite honest with you. You're, you're familiar with Lizzo. Johnny, is, is it fair to say that she has been, over the past two, three, four years, um, when you talk about entertainers that have skyrocketed to popularity, when, mm-hmm. it, when, it, when it comes to, to performers that have sort of grabbed the public and, sure. and, and had the you know millions of people fall in love with them, Lizzo would qualify, right? Of course, right? yeah. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, also faced a lot of backlash. You know, she's a big advocate for fat phobia and things yeah. like that. And, you know, the people on the right love to attack her for her free uh, will and nature. But, yeah, I, I would say, you know, in terms of streams and downloads, she's in the top 10 there the last two years. Yeah, you remember, like, hockey star P.K. Subban mm-hmm. made kind of an off-the-cuff yeah, derogatory comment about, about you know, about, about Lizzo at a buffet or something Lizzo like that. Lizzo-sized lunch. Lizzo-sized lunch. Mm-hmm. He made, made kind of like, you know, a comment described as fatphobic, and yeah. you saw significant like major yeah. backlash to that comment and it just goes to prove her point like people are still taking shots at just the way people look yeah <laughs> you know, it's, and that, that was surprising from someone like him too yeah so so kind of a weird well i don't know if i want to call it weird but an interesting and attention grabbing turn of events mm-hmm. um it's it's just been announced three of the popular singer uh the, the celebrities former performers are actually suing 
Lizzo alleging sexual harassment, accusing her of creating a hostile work environment. There are allegations, accusations that Lizzo pressured one of them to interact with a nude performer against their will in Amsterdam. And they're saying uh, that the singer, the superstar, has shamed and degraded members of her staff based on their looks and based on their weight. Uh-oh. Isn't that interesting? So NBC News first reported this. Uh, this was just yesterday. This lawsuit filed in Los Angeles Superior Court. It also names her dance team captain as a defendant al- along with her production company. Uh, dancers Ariana Davis, Crystal Williams, and Noel Rodriguez are alleging that the defendants created a hostile work environment through what they describe as religious sexual and racial harassment uh they're suing for damages over emotional distress including unpaid wages loss of earnings and lawyers fees and it gets into it it's it's pretty wild um alleging that you know they they have uh, had been shaming some of their dancers who had had premarital sex mm. they were making fun of other dancers for for being one of them in particular for being a virgin uh outside of their production outside like off stage in their own time um as a team you know they had there there are sort of stories here if they had attended while they were touring in Amsterdam uh, a strip club and the lawsuit alleging that that Lizzo uh, hosted what she described as non-mandatory after parties, but said that basically those that attended the after parties were treated better by her, had more job security, um, and and had more chances to see their own careers take off. Um, they alleged that Lizzo at these strip clubs had invited her dancers, cast members to take turns touching nude performers. Uh, this isn't for the kids, by the way. Um, catching dildos launched from performers' vaginas, eating bananas protruding from performers' vaginas, pressuring her dancers to touch the breasts of the nude dancers, to get on stage, to, quote, take it off. Uh, I mean, just really wild stuff. It kind of comes back to that thing, like, your heroes will disappoint you. Always. I mean, if this is true, right? If this is true, you got to say that. Yeah. The lawsuit has been filed in Los Angeles Superior Court, but this is uh, considering the name that she has, aside from her talent, mm-hmm. she's obviously a very talented singer. Don't take that away from her at all. But the let, let's say the outside factors on how she has gained so much of the public's mm-hmm. adoration. This is a really surprising development. Yeah, it's really bad. Strippers and dildos, don't threaten me with a good time. But uh, seriously, though, <laughs> no, seriously, though, I, I've always said this. Do not put artists, especially musicians, on a pedestal because otherwise we'll have no music to listen to. They will all let you down. They're all human. They all make mistakes. But th- these allegations sound pretty serious. Isn't this one a bit of a surprise? Even it like, totally to you, is, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, you're going, Lizzo? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm checking the tr- the trending news, and again, this this just broke yesterday. This lawsuit filed yesterday, and and, and it's you're sort of it says you know Lizzo will have her day in court. Lizzo, and you're going, wait, what? Lizzo, mm-hmm. she's supposed to be on the good side of this stuff. So yeah. we'll see how that goes, and that's a story we'll keep an eye on. Um, Stephen Carter is around, and we're also good. We've got a queue up of kind of a, a throwback to yesterday before he comes in our TikTok of w- what we discussed. Why don't we do that? So you can follow Real Talk, as you know, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Real Talk RJ. It's a great way to stay on top of our coverage, stay on top of uh, some of our guest commentary, and, and quite frankly, to get up to speed on the news of the day in 60 seconds or less before we talk to Stephen Carter about the Calgary Stampede. Here it is. A lot of people feel like it's an attack on 
them because it's an attack on the Calgary Stampede. That cannot push away the other realities that might exist in an institution as large as that. Same for the Catholic Church. We're not attacking the religion when we talk about sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. We're talking about an ugly, ugly reality. This organization is very powerful. It does provide a lot of economic benefits throughout the city, but that should not take away for the responsibilities that the organization has in ensuring the protection of its employees and the children and youth that work there, that perform there. Folks who also enjoy the stampede and are supportive of the festival are really concerned with this behavior or the cover-up that has occurred over two decades, which is a horrific crime where these 70 victims were victimized. How did this get covered up? That was MP George Chahal, former Calgary City Councillor, a liberal MP down in Calgary who says that the feds should pull funding. The Stampede should lose funding until it proves that it's made this right. And the voice you heard before him was Daniel Aubrey, who is the founding CEO of Calgary Communities Against Sexual Abuse. Stephen Carter is a strategist. He's got mayors elected. He's got premiers elected. He served as chiefs of staff for both. And he is a co-host of the wildly popular podcast, The Strategist, uh, a good friend of this show. It's nice to see your face, pal. Well, nice to see you as well. I was a little confused. I thought I was on the wrong show when I was hearing your uh, description of the Ryan Jesperson Christmas party after party oh, uh, when I just tuned in. That was... <laughs> I thought we were keeping that quiet, Ryan. I thought that was just a little secret between you and I. And uh, I have no knowledge of which you speak, Carter. I have no context, uh, no knowledge, no understanding of what you were. Weren't you the guy saying phones at the door? Phones at the, leave the phones or, at the door or I'm otherwise. Sure. Yeah. How okay. bad is that for Lizzo, by the way? Pop stars. She's. She, I mean, she was only going to last for a little while, anyways. So now she's going to last a little less. That's the problem. Some some politicians use that kind of. Like we were very afraid of this with Nenshi, right? You use your your celebrity to become a super important person, but celebrity does this. Like celebrity's up and down. That's what it it's designed to do is go up and then down and then up again. Because Americans love that great story of this, you know, person who emerges from you know whatever circumstance to become great, and then we destroy them again, and then we allow them to rebuild their careers again. I mean, Mel Gibson's still making films for crying out loud. So, you know. I think that that's just part of the cycle of, of celebrity. Yeah. Also, the, the fact that like a lot of people are joking around about this. Is it different? Like, is it is it different? And, and again, I, I you know, I want to be careful in how I frame the question. But is it, it it's different if it's like, oh, I went to an after party because I felt pressure that I wouldn't keep working for if I didn't go. And then we were at the strippers and, and they were throwing dildos around and she made me catch one. That's is that different in the public eye than like she touched me against my will. She sexually harassed and abused me. She sent me lewd texts uninvited. Are there's are there degrees of of sins that the public is willing to tolerate some more than others? I think that it's it's also, you know, the, the, the degree of celebrity. I mean, the sins themselves are pretty substantial, but. You know, if you've got the right level of celebrity, you have a tendency to be able to survive it. Mm. And, you know, Kevin Spacey's rumored to be coming back in. Um, his degree of celebrity was huge. Mel, Bro- Mel-, Mel Gibson's sin, you know, his anti-Semitism was so, it was absolutely disqualifying from everything. Um, but he's he's still making movies. So, you know, but Gian Gomeshi's gone, right? His level of celebrity wasn't big enough to, to carry him through his allegations. Um, so I, I think that, 
it almost doesn't matter the size of the sin. It remind all that matters is the size of the community's love for that person. And if the size of the community's love for that person is big enough, or there's enough dollar signs that come after that person's celebrity, then people find ways to enable that person to to recover. Uh, let me read a couple of quick comments here. Justin says, um, you know, filing a lawsuit doesn't require anybody to provide proof. That'll be done in court and discovery, which is not public. Uh, Muddy Otters Pottery says, I'll wait for the actual court case before I jump to any conclusions about the accusations against Lizzo. Um, you know, it goes on to say, does Justin that, you know, part of the accusations are levied against her dance captain, not her directly. Um, AKET says the entertainment industry is a hotbed of a lot of gross behavior and people have been conditioned to accept it as the normal way of doing business. MA says I'm definitely out of the loop. Who the fuck is Lizzo? So there you go. That's kind of the cross section of, of where real talkers are landing. Uh, definitely very serious business and a real serious problem closer to home here with the Calgary Stampede. Um, I listened to your most recent episode of The Strategist. Is it fair for me to note that you, Corey, and Zane approached this subject matter? Uh, you, you, you spoke candidly. You did a great job, but you guys were treading more carefully than you do on a lot of other subject matter. Well, I mean, Zane is the president of the YMCA Board of Directors. Uh, Corey works for the University of Calgary. Yeah. Both of them are partners with the, the, the uh, Calgary Stampede. I'm far less encumbered. Um, I do not. I've been an out and out critic of the Calgary Stampede for years. Uh, uh, you know, this is not an organization that we look to and say this is this is uh, this is the way that operations should be run. Um, we have, you know, we have all kinds of problems that the Stampede sweeps under the rug every single year. And this is the largest of them, the largest of them all. Uh, you know, you, it doesn't get bigger than sexual abuse allegations. It just doesn't. We, we can't have adults in authority abusing children in their care, period. I mean, I think everybody agrees with that. I think that that is 100%. Now, this is a conviction, too. So some of those complaints about the Lizzo thing, well, it's only an allegation. It's a, this is convicted. This is done. It's over. The Scabby Stampede was party to sexual abuse, period. They can't sue me on that. They can't come after me on that. But I'll tell you something. They can go after organizations, and they do. We call them the Stampede Mafia. They think that they're super important. They think that they're super connected. They think that they're super um, powerful. They tried to come after Jyoti Gondek in the last election. Jyoti Gondek said, no, this isn't good enough. We need to see more transparency. We need to understand the books more. You're getting all these grants. Where's the money going? They, 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 they basically pushed her aside and said, you can't talk about that. You're a member of the board. What? So Jyoti Gondek was a member of the board. Did she know about this? Why is no one asked? Right, right now, Courtney Penner and Dan McLean are members of the board. What did they know? When did they know it? What can they say? What are they being gagged about, right? This is this is that Mayor Nenshi has been a member of this board, is no longer a member of this board, should be able to speak freely about this. Former Mayor Nenshi has not uttered one word about this, even though he served on the board of the Calgary Stampede and has been a close Stampede ally forever. This is inappropriate. It's un it, it shouldn't be allowed in our society, but because it's the Calgary Stampede, we're all walking around like we're, you know, trying to get into heaven or something, mm -hmm. right? The Catholic Church for years was able to stamp down the abuse that occurred under their watch because they were the, literally the, 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 the holders of the keys to heaven, right? Literally. Yeah. What the hell is holding us back from criticizing the Calgary Stampede? Well, you tell me. Why can't that's, we stand that's up That's what and I wanted to that? ask you about. It's the Stampede Mafia, Ryan. Right. I mean, it, it is this group of, of volunteers, very dedicated volunteers that believe very strongly in who the city should be. 
mean, can you imagine? We've tied our city's brand. We've tied our city's brand. I mean, sure, you guys have the city of champions up there in Edmonton. Ridiculous. Not anymore. Not anymore. anymore. Well, it's still, it's in my head. I can't help it. I think of you as a champion, kind of like the Special Olympics champions, right? You know, uh, someone who's a little bit, you know, careful. Anyways, here we are. You know, one day you'll have a podcast like The Strategist. (laughs) One day. I I hope for you. You mean one one that we do on a volunteer basis? I'm not interested. I get paid now, brother. I I heard you, I heard you guys are selling. I, I I've noticed ads on the podcast. By the way, congratulations! Oh, yeah. We we followed the Ryan Jesperson model of completely selling out. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, <laughs> you can uh, buy our merchandise on westofcenter.ca. Yeah, well, I'm All about right. to I, I'm about to do an ad read where I'm going to promote the oil sands and then solar energy back to back. And so, if you want to see me twist people up at all kinds of knots, no, you watch I'm good. It here, let's get. The point of the exercise on all of this is we should be able to criticize institutions that do wrong. We should be able to ask them what the hell they knew and when they knew it. We should be able to ask them to, to, to step outside of a simple legal uh, apology that has been uttered and created by their lawyers and ask their leaders what they knew and when they knew it and why they kept it a secret. We should be able to ask those questions. And right now, no one is asking them except Terry Tate, Gondek, McLean, Penner, Nenshi, Quiet on this matter where are the board chairs where are the where are the people who led this organization why aren't they speaking out where the hell is the premier of the province of alberta she i mean they the 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 provincial government has commented on it only to say that they're not pulling funding it's a premier festival which they're not wrong about um they've talked they've introduced you know minister tanya fur to answer questions about it it's not like they're ignoring it they're just Nobody seems to be outraged. And I, I'm just sitting here going like I'm sitting here even after our show yesterday and, uh, you know, downloads on yesterday's show were average, you know, pretty good. They yeah. were average, but they weren't half a million. And I'm sitting there thinking like this is a 100 plus year old institution that has acknowledged negligence and culpability in a decades long sexual assault scandal in a class action lawsuit where 70 names are attached, 70 Victims, survivors, whatever word you want to use, uh, 70. And if this was like any other organization, uh, Carter, 25 years of of abuse, unchecked, unpunished, they're gone. They're gone. Evaporated. And it should be. Because if you're covering up abuse of children, you don't deserve the right to operate, period. And defend it. Don't just walk away. Don't just fucking put your head in the sand. Come out here and defend it. If you can't speak, if you're not able to to hold your head up and say this is wrong, then I want you to fucking stand up and defend it because no one can. And you're all putting your tails between your legs and you're running away and it's not good enough. Good enough at all. Someone should be holding this Calgary Stampede to account. The fact that it's George Shahal and the fact that it's me and, and Carrie Tate who's done a great job with the Globe and Mail that's not good enough. Where the fuck is everybody else, Ryan? People should listen. I, uh, show, I feel bad. That's okay. Uh, people should listen to the most recent uh, episode of The Strategist, where I think you and Corey and Zane do a good job of describing the strategy behind when the Stampede announced its settlement. It was 
right after the stampede, certainly not right before. They didn't need that problem for themselves. They didn't need the problem for their sponsors, their partners, and their advertisers. So so 50 weeks from now, 49 weeks from now, Carter, when the city's getting ready for the next edition of the Calgary Stampede, is anything going to be different or is it going to be business as usual? Nobody seems to have an appetite right now to really dig into this and press for actual public accountability. There's been more protests about the loss of a horse's life than there has been about about 70 children being abused. Yeah. Period. Well, I guess this goes over to the public then. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, I was even like, you know, I was talking to somebody off air yesterday about Ron Leipert, and I, and I said Ron's actually a pretty funny guy in person. He, he can be a he can be a really likable guy, uh, and, and, yeah. and, You know, but he plays an asshole on TV, right? Like his political career, he has played an asshole, and he's been effective. No. Uh, but I was, he, he is that asshole with me, Ryan. Yeah, <laughs> like he he all the time for Stephen Carter. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why. I think I'm charming. I don't know. Yeah, I, that, I get it. that's so weird that the two of you wouldn't get along in the same room. Uh, but I, but I would say, and uh, there, there are very few people, Carter, that I can dance with like we dance with you, where we're talking about deadly serious subject matter and joking at the same time. Maybe we're joking because it allows us to hit this head on and, and yeah. actually tackle the serious stuff. But, but I, I get the the political saber rattling. I get the I get the hand grenades back and forth. I get the posturing. I get making stuff all about part. I get the keywords invoking the name Trudeau and how that plays in Alberta. But even for George Chahal to sit there and say that I think funding should be pulled until the stampede makes this right, for a, for a rival politician, for Ron Leipert down in Calgary to describe it as grandstanding when the subject matter is an abuse scandal, and in my mind, uh, l- like, George Chahal is on the right side of history on this one, whether or not you like his politics, whether or not you like the liberals or voted for Justin Trudeau, that's not the point. To describe... His pretty common sense approach to this as grandstanding, uh, invoking, by the way, a word very connected to the Calgary Stampede and the grandstand show, I thought was really, really weird. Well, I mean, this is everybody in Calgary falling behind and trying to protect the Calgary Stampede. This was known too, Ryan. I mean, children who were being told where to go to, to learn to sing. My daughter went up and did uh, musical theater, did all this. We, she didn't do the Stampede. Didn't go to the Young Canadians. One of the reasons, because people had whispers. There was always whispers. The Calgary Stampede had too many whispers and too many issues. And the only reason they've been allowed to continue is because not enough people have have spoken out. Because Ron Leipert is ultimately uh, too weak to stand up and say this was wrong. I just don't understand that type of human being. I don't understand the type of person who who doesn't stand up and simply say when something is wrong, it's wrong. Let me ask you this, uh, and and I'll note that your your uh, colleagues, your co-hosts on the strategists aren't here, so I guess in a way I'm asking you to speak for them, but but not so much. But there is there is one, th- and we'll get the three of you back by the way in the fall. We always love those episodes, um, even though yeah, like, uh, even really though audience in, audience interest dips a little bit, but I really enjoy them. So spikes your ratings. Yeah. Your best. You were basically your best of Ryan Jesperson show right there. Yeah, that's right. You. That's right. Uh, there is a common theme through the the most recent strategist pod talking about this that implies or even clearly states that this stampede board is not the stampede board that allowed this to happen for many years. Do you personally uh, have any conviction 
that this iteration of the Stampede Board with new faces, new members, is different and, and to a certain degree does not deserve or should not be held accountable in the same way as those that oversaw operations for the past 25 years should be? Yeah, I mean, this is a new leadership group. But this this is not their responsibility insofar as they weren't there when this abuse was occurring. So I don't want to heap the, the responsibility of why didn't you stop this on this leadership group. What I want to add to this leadership group is why are you hiding behind a legal statement and saying, yes, we were there, you know, the, the organization was there, didn't do anything, knew that it was happening and enabled it. Um, that's not good enough. What I want this leadership group to do is stand up, explain how it happened, explain the steps that they're taking to make sure that it will never happen again, uh, allow some, for some sort of reconciliation with the, with the families that have been impacted and the individuals that have been impacted, who will wear this for the rest of their lives. Um, this is... Uh, I want to see an action plan from this level of, of leadership that, that, that moves them forward. They, you, very easily, they could become the Catholic Church on this, where there's no action plan for, for reconciliation. Instead, it's just how quickly can we sweep it under the rug and how much is it going to cost us? Yeah. And I don't like sweeping things under the rug just to figure and figuring out how much they just cost us. That's just bullshit, bullshit leadership. Yeah. We don't know yet uh, what the settlement's going to look like. Uh, that'll be more determined uh, in September, uh, court date coming up on September 25th. It's a story we'll continue to follow. Um, I, 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 I'm just happy to know I'm not alone on this one. Uh, that, that I, I can, <laughs> no, I feel the fire in your belly, man, because I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. watching this story over the past few days going, where is the outrage? Like, where, what, what am I missing about this story that would absolutely implode any other organization across Canada. It's, uh, it's blowing my mind. Which it, 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 it should, I mean, I don't want the stampede to disappear because of this, No, but I, I do want the stampede to be a better organization. And if we just wave it under the rug, they're no better than they were before. Yeah, I know. I mean, this is, we, we talked about this yesterday, like even George Shahal, even he's sitting there and he, and he, and he like goes through the spiel and I don't blame him for doing it because I do it all the time as well. Uh, you, you almost have to establish that like, I'm not the enemy here, right? Like you can yeah, hear him in my, in course. my full interview with him. He's like, he's like, I'm a born and raised Calgary kid. I take my kids to the stampede. I've been to the rodeo. I like this. Like he has to say it, right? It's like, he's, he's not oh, some, yeah. you know, it's not some Trojan horse where he's coming in to try to collapse the greatest outdoor show on earth. But like with, with no accountability, I just think, I, I think that the way that the public operates, how much people love it, the fact that there's still a full, almost a full year between now and the next stampede, quite frankly, and I hate to put it this way it makes me sound cynical and it's it's a defeatist attitude but this is the realist in me i don't think anybody i'm not going to say nobody cares i can tell in our live chat right now people care i can tell based on the emails we got after yesterday's episode people care but generally speaking seems like people don't care it's like an inconvenient truth for them you know what i mean it hits too close to home for a lot of people well i mean the, the the stampede you know there's a lot of negative things about the stampede that don't get talked about Right. There's just simply a lot of things and um, they don't do much to address it because there's, it's not talked about. I mean, you know, it, it's a dangerous place. Sometimes they don't talk about that. It, it's dangerous for for animals. They don't talk about that. It was dangerous for children and the young Canadians and they don't talk about that. And, you know, someone's got to hold them to account at some point. Please, please hold them to account. 
uh, I know your time is limited, but I do want to ask you about the, you know, probably the, the biggest story in the U.S. right now. Uh, you know, everything old is new again. The former president, Donald Trump, uh, indicted yesterday in special counsel's 2020 election interference probe. He's facing charges relating to efforts to overturn the 2020 election leading up to the January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol. All the experts are saying that he could still be president uh and 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 all the constitutional experts are trying to figure out can someone actually serve as president of the united states from a jail cell uh is this indictment any different than the previous two stormy daniels and the rest do you think i mean what how is this landing uh, you know one day after this is real criminality i mean the other stuff you know they're keeping the documents you can you can excuse the stormy daniels stuff you can kind of find a way around um, this is real criminality. This is, uh, I, I read the indictment yesterday and it was reading a story and Jack Smith's a really good writer. I mean, this, this was a, an easy indictment to read. Uh, it's telling a story of a coup d'etat. And we knew this story from the January 6th, uh, inquiry and commission, uh, when it did, when it did its inquiry, but this, this is a shorter version of it. And it, it dispels, it, it re, it just, rips apart Donald Trump's arguments against it. This, you know, Donald Trump's strategy is, I'm gonna run for president, I'm gonna win for president, and then I won't be, I won't have to face the, the consequences from this. I think after this indictment, he's gotta change his strategy. He should be asking for every Republican um, presidential candidate except himself to commit to um, pardoning him. And he should focus on his legal issues and allow the Republican Party uh, a fresh start because this thing, the way it's going right now, if he continues it, I, I just, it's it's a tinderbox down there. And this indictment is, I think it's rock solid. I think this guy's going to jail for the rest of his life if he doesn't get a pardon. You actually really, honestly, seriously do believe he's going to jail? Oh, yeah. This is this is big time. This is a big time thing. And the, and the the prosecution or the, the special prosecutor has lined up the the evidence in such a fashion um, that it's already taking out the legal defense structures. Um, now, you know, all I guess it takes is is one solid trumper in the uh, in the jury room to go to a mistrial. But man, this, the evidence in here is over overwhelming. So if the allegation or let me say the assertion uh from trump that the election was stolen uh was enough to get you know hundreds if not thousands of people storming the capitol i mean people are paying the piper now for that um i mean people were killed uh law enforcement officers and others were seriously injured i mean i still can't i will never forget sitting in our first real talk studio and watching with my jaw on the floor as that unfolded live in real time, people like like that that one guy everybody knows who I'm talking about, the QAnon guy with the horns on his head, that oh, yeah, guy, yeah. like like people occupying Nancy Pelosi's <laughs> office, like I I just it, it felt like it, it felt like watching Pearl Harbor happen live, like it was like wild. So if that his allegation the election was stolen did that, in theory, what is the visual? What is the video of him in cuffs? going to jail do and how does that ignite his most ardent supporters like worst case scenario this could get really ugly now in other democracies where a former leader has faced criminal charges generally speaking their uh supporters are ardent and supportive at first but as they get charged with more and more things and as the convictions begin to pile up 
their uh, support drops very precipitously. So other democracies, if, if they hold the, uh, the key, um, they show that Trump's support will fall precipitously at some point. Obviously, Trump seems to be immune to the, the type of, of impact, but I think we have to hope for that, Ryan. And keep in mind that this, yeah, I mean, this indictment, it outlines three different ways that he tried to uh, overturn the election and three different times he failed and the consequences of each time that he failed. How it was stopped um, by the people who are close to him uh, is quite amazing. Like. Yeah. We were very close to a coup d'etat. Mm. Yeah, no kidding. Unbelievable stuff. I want to close with a pithy and light question. You have served as, sure. the, chief, as the chief of staff of a mayor of a major Canadian city. I'm not sure if you saw this or not, Carter, uh, but Toronto City Council voted in favor 18 to 6. Do you know the story I'm talking about? To ban gas-powered leaf blowers. Toronto <gasps> City Council is banning... Yes gas-powered leaf blowers they've at least put the wheels in motion it's not known yet if they will actually take action on it it's not known yet if it will be enforceable people are saying that for example landscaping companies will bitch about this in a huge way you also can't tell people that have spent 300 dollars on a gas blower that now they have to upgrade to an electric one but from a political standpoint okay the mayor of toronto and others are going to say this is an environmentally uh, a conscious move these are too loud and noisy and people hate them is it worth it? Is this a political hill to die on? Is this a political win? Is it? What do you think? It is a massive political win. I mean, these things are so loud. They are so bad for the environment. Uh, and the technology exists using rechargeable batteries just to simply replace the, the gas mowers with electric batteries. I've told councillors here in the city of Calgary, if you want an easy win, to go after these 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 terrible engines that make so much noise. I mean, I'm sure you've been wakened in your community uh, by people blowing the fucking snow off there. You know, it's snowed this much, and they got they can't use a broom. No, no, a broom would be too much work for these people. Instead, they got to pull out their their electric, you know, their gas electric glass leaf blower. Wake up the entire neighborhood. They do nothing for the environment. They do nothing. Uh, for even keeping the streets clean. It takes just, people don't want to lift snow, I get that, but these electric ones that are available are just as good. Um, they cost just as much now. So here's, you know, just give them a two-year two period because that's how long they'd write them off for anyways in the businesses. So give them a two-year period to flip over to electric and call it a day. This is something that should be done. Uh, it's the same with noisy vehicles. Anything that's disturbing my right to private, my right to peace and quiet should be dealt with. And the fact that city councils haven't uh, just shows the weakness of city councils. Good on Toronto. Best thing that, that has ever happened be a child without a life. There you go. Uh, something happened with the Wi-Fi signal. I know you just delivered a punchline and we missed it. Best thing that happened since what? Since Olivia Chow was elected. Since she Congrats. was to Olivia. Yeah, that, that's a big win for her, obviously. And uh, it, it, she's, I mean, this is like an early stamp in her tenure, uh, setting the tone, setting the direction. If you want to learn more about what Stephen Carter does, you can check out decidecampaigns.com. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter. Oh, no, you're not tweeting anymore. Never mind. Don't follow I'm Carter. On on I guess you're Gotta done. Go on, threads. You were, you were one of threads, baby. Yeah, you'll be back on Twitter in two weeks, I guarantee. And make sure that you subscribe to and subscribe.
support the strategists on Patreon. We'll talk to you again soon, pal. Thanks for this. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Yeah, you got it. Gas-powered leaf blowers. Carter says it's a big political win. What do you think? Get him out of here. <laughs> I'm, I'm with him. And, I, man, just showing my age. Am I getting old? Because I'm, I'm on board with, with what he said. You know, when I was younger, I didn't care. But now I'm like, stop. Like, uh, we live in a townhouse. And we're at the very end of the whatever it is. Uh, and so right next to us is the garbage room, right? Okay. And every Thursday or Friday, I can't remember which, it, they come in and take the garbage, and they've got to do it at 7 a.m. And I understand. Take the garbage away. It's great. But it is so, so loud. <laughs> and often, I'm leaving at 7 a.m. too, so my garage is blocked, and it's loud, and i got to sit there and wait. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, could they not do this at 7.15? Could they not do it at 9? Could they not do it at... Could they not do it at noon? Yeah, but I get that, like, you know, I salute them as I leave. Thanks, guys, because they're doing, they're doing a service Man, we and, are and a so job to old. the city. But Listen it, to us. But I, I used to not care, and now I'm like, the same thing, our, our, some friends were, not some friends, some neighbors were, you know, having some drinks in their backyard Saturday across from us uh, this weekend, and uh, they're just so loud. And I look at the clock, and I'm like... It's 10.45. I can't yell at these people. No. But, you know, it's just like, keep it down. Keep all of it down. We have a, <laughs> we have a, a, a blower, and it's, a, uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty decent. It's a lithium-powered one. It's got the there lithium battery. Um, the thing that's not great on it is uh, the battery does. I noticed that someone in our live chat right now, Plain Power, says that they have an electric blower, and it lasts an hour on their 40-volt battery. Ours doesn't, and it wasn't cheap, but I would say like if you're really using it, it lasts maybe 20 minutes or so and yeah. then you've got to recharge the battery whereas mm -hmm. obviously you know i have a gas trimmer i love my gas trimmer i mm -hmm. always wanted a gas trimmer mm -hmm. uh ever since i was like you know watching the, the the professional landscapers and the people that work in the in the, like the ditches on the highway and stuff with those like heavy powered gas trimmers i was always like i'll know i've made it when i have a gas trimmer and so i love it the best part about that of course and yeah it's it's loud for sure it is um i won't deny that but if you need to use it for like three hours getting rid of burdock or trying to clear out weeds or whatever it is that you're doing on a bigger piece of property, to state the obvious, you just keep filling the gas tank. It's convenient. And so I think for like landscapers, I don't know, I'm not a pro landscaper. Maybe I'll ask Mike at Eden Landscaping what he thinks about this. Um, you need to be able to have your equipment work for you all day. And I know people will say, well, just invest in a few batteries, have a few backup batteries. Maybe they will. I'm just trying to think practically speaking. I like Carter's suggestion, and, and this probably is what Toronto Council will do, is you got to set a date where you phase it out. Mm -hmm. If somebody just bought a gas-powered blower yesterday, mm -hmm. they're going to be pissed off about this, right? Of course right? they are. Do I get a rebate? Do I get a refund? Do what about I... shops that sell them? I mean, you'll say, well, then they should just stock the more electric. The companies right now must just be like losing their minds. Well, they know they're going to sell more electric ones, I guess. I guess. I've always just thought the mentality of the leaf blower is kind of funny because it, it's, it's the ultimate not-my-problem technology it's like <laughs> you're not raking up the leaves and bagging them which also seems to be such a weird exercise you know everybody has that one neighbor on their lot that has like 20 bags of leaves yeah like leaves organic matter that is being put in plastic bags to be hauled to, a, to landfill a landfill to take up space it never makes sense which to turns me. into natural mulch and fertilizer right <laughs> so it makes no sense but the leaf blower has always been hilarious to me because you're just 
blowing, blowing it, it off it's your someone else's problem. It's someone else's like, problem. That's what I hate about it. <laughs> like you're not necessarily blowing it right onto your neighbor's lawn, but it's gonna wind up there it's the next go somewhere. time the, the next time the wind blows, you just blow yeah. it all onto the street. Replace them with leaf vacuumers. Leaf vacuumers, and then they mulch on the spot. There you and go. Then you dump the mulch into your Compost, soil. And you put it right in the garden. Oh, pal, now we're talking. You can let us know what you think about this and other initiatives. I mean, cities and oh, municipalities are. are making people, moves like this. Um, we should check me. in on this. But, like, you know, the city of Edmonton, for example, their 15-cent plastic bag thing. Like, mm-hmm. you, you got to pay 15 cents now at drive throughs mm-hmm. and things like that if you want a bag. And you and I were kind of joking about it when it went into effect. But it's it's not like... I mean, I am seeing some people post when they go through drive throughs like, our, you know, our friends that will go check out the Dairy Queens in mm-hmm. Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park and put it in my hat. You don't want to pay the my... 15 cents for the bag. <laughs> yeah. So they're just handing you individual items. Right. Here's your fries. Yeah. Here's your onion rings. But these are steps. You got to say, well, we got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. We got to take steps. Everybody's seeing the floating plastic garbage islands in the ocean. It's and, horrible. You know, we got to do the, something about it. But. People on the chat here saying first world problems. I want to I want to reiterate. Bless. The city workers, the garbage men and women, the garbage sure. people, everyone who does work, you know, they're up at 6 a.m. They're keeping the city and the world running, but just keep it down. Yeah, this is a good point from Michael. I didn't know this, Michael. Thanks for, for the update. Uh, he says, uh, and I'm assuming Michael's chiming in from down in Calgary, uh, says incorrect, guys. He says the city of Calgary requires paper bags for leaves and mm. yard waste, which is good, good to hear. I mean, I'm not naming names. Uh, mostly because I don't know the guy's name, um, but he lives at he lives on our block, and uh, he his yard is beautiful. Mm-hmm. He's out there all the time. His yard is beautiful, but there's like literally, literally twenty plastic bags of leaves <laughs> stacked up on the side of his house once a fall, every fall, and I just walk by and I just shake my head, right. Um, you know, Tara Lynn says, hey, regarding leaf blowers, there's a lot of seniors who now have their independence back because they can take care of some of their own snow. That's an interesting, interesting point. OK, there you go. Um, others are saying basically that, you know, people don't need these. Other people do. Uh, Giants for Life says I use my gas powered backpack blower and clean the entire block when it snows. So there you go. Giants for Life's block His neighbors. Their neighbor is going to is going to suffer. <laughs> when Giants for Life has to give up their 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 uh, gas powered leaf blower, let us know. I mean, obviously, we tackled some pretty serious stuff with Carter as well. Uh, it, it's blowing my mind that this uh, and, and I don't usually typically say stuff like this out loud. If a story is not as big as you thought it would be, you think either we're not covering it loudly enough or maybe the story is just not that big. I don't think that either are true. Uh, in the context of the Stampede story. And so this is one that will stay on. You can send us your thoughts. Are we missing an angle on this? Are we missing the point? Uh, send us an email to talk at ryanjesperson.com. You know, all this talk about landscaping. Obviously, I'm going to remind you how proud we are to partner with our friends at Eden Landscaping. I was talking to Mike just yesterday. Uh, he's the founder of Eden Landscaping. And obviously, he's got a big team that's working for him now. They've got a bunch of jobs going on through the summer months, but that doesn't mean it's too late to get in touch with them and get your project in before the, I hate to say this Johnny I hate to say it but before the snow falls uh, his team is hard at work bringing outdoor spaces to life and that includes ours we are super excited 
about the reinvention that's happening right now in our own backyard, and it's happening fast. Like, they're working as we speak. This is something that our family worked on for a long time, getting the budget together, getting the plans together, and to now see it coming together is such an exciting development. There's been some issues, though, along the way, some problem-solving. They've had to make some changes on the fly regarding the, the grade in our yard. There was a lot more topsoil than they expected. They've had to spend more time in there with their excavators. They had to figure out a drainage trench that wasn't originally written into the plans. Watch this team solve problems on the fly gives me the confidence to tell you that they can do the exact same thing in your outdoor project. Work with them. Get the ball rolling with Eden Landscaping by starting with a visit to landscapeedmonton.ca. Our friends at Friesen Brothers want to remind you that this is your last chance to enter to win as part of Ivan's Sausage Summer. You can find all the details on their website at Friesen.com. That's F-R-E-S-O-N.com. Ivan Fano was a Friesen Brothers butcher back in Hannah. He created Ivan's Sausage back in 1981. And since then, Friesen Brothers Master Butchers have continuously honed their sausage-making skills utilizing the freshest cuts of Alberta meat, cured bacon, ham, and their very own signature blend of seasonings. Well, this summer, you have an opportunity to win a special Ivan's freezer pack by submitting a photo showcasing how you enjoy Ivan's sausage, whether it's at home, camping, on the barbecue, or any other method. Uh, they're accepting entries at freezen.com slash Ivan's-summer through till August 3rd. So you've got till tomorrow to do it. Also wanted to remind you that our friends at Kubi Renewable Energy are hiring right now. The team at Kubi is looking for electricians and apprentices in Lethbridge, in Calgary, in Edmonton, and in Kamloops, BC. They're also hiring project coordinators, customer service representatives, and inside solar sales reps. So if you've got experience selling anything, you know that skill set is transferable. Why not get in on Canada's green energy movement? Work with a dynamic and innovative company that is revolutionizing the renewable energy industry. Work alongside dedicated professionals passionate about what they do. Kubi's committed to investing in your education, your career growth. They offer access to extensive training programs. They even offer support for pursuing post-secondary degrees. How cool is that? You can go to the careers link at kubienergy.ca to learn more. Oh, and by the way, cold beer on tap and Friday ball hockey tournaments might be the coolest place to work in the province of Alberta. That's Kubi Renewable Energy. And we also want to remind you that you got to circle August 10th on your calendars. Okay, if you're anywhere in the Metro Edmonton region or in Sherwood Park for that matter, it'll be Miracle Treat Day. That's August 10th of 2023 at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton in Sherwood Park. It means all the proceeds from Blizzard sales are going to go support the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation. These family-owned businesses over the years have raised hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars thanks to people just like you. You can make a donation online. You can go see them in person on August 10th or even better, get in touch with them at Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and Baseline Road ahead of time. You can place a big order. You want to buy blizzards for the whole block? You want to buy blizzards for the kids? Maybe for your colleagues at work? Place an advance order and you can pick them up on August 10th with all the proceeds going to the Stollery Children's Hospital Foundation. That's Miracle Treat Day coming up on August 10th. Great interview today. With Carter? You know what I couldn't believe, though, that he says 100% he thinks Trump is going to jail for many, many years. I was like, wow. Yeah, uh, I've heard people say that 
before. Haven't heard Trump say it. You just see this statement. Oh, my gosh. By the Trump camp. Yeah. What part of it jumped out at you in particular? These un-American witch hunts will fall and President Trump will be reelected in the White House so he can save our country from the show incompetence, abuse, corruption and other things that are ruining running through the vents of our our what is this? Of our country at levels never seen before. Three years ago, we had strong borders, energy independence, no inflation, great economy. Today, we have a nation in decline. President Trump will not be deterred by disgraceful and unprecedented political targeting. So I love, I love, uh, he, he, he believes he's going to be, I love, um, free. I love news releases that say, and other things. It's like, <laughs> who wrote this? Literally, who wrote this? Uh, there are six co-conspirators, by the way, named uh, in that indictment. And while they are not named in particular, like they're not public, CNN is reporting on the identities of five of them, uh, uh, five of the six co-conspirators. And that includes Rudy Giuliani. Mm. So the plot thickens. And uh, obviously, this is a story that we'll stay on top of. I hate to say this. I am not convinced that Donald Trump will go to jail. Neither am I. And I am definitely not convinced that he won't be the next president. And I wouldn't put anything past our American neighbors, all things considered. And I know that not every real talker appreciates this line of thought because we've brought it up on the show before. But I just think that Joe Biden has a record to run on sure but is also vulnerable in some pretty obvious areas in the public eye. And you're going to say, well, Trump is not that much younger than Biden, and you would be right. You would be correct. But I just think it feels like Biden's vulnerable. It feels like the Democrats don't have, you know, their sails. Like you see those sailboats out on the water that are just kind of like sitting there waiting for that next gust. Mm. And it just that sort of reminds me of the Democrats right now. There doesn't seem to be a lot of energy around them. There doesn't seem to be a lot of enthusiasm around the brand. And Trump has these sort of like frothing at the mouth type rabid supporters. Mm -hmm. And he has been uh, obviously, I think, you know, has exhibited an ability to transcend people's what you would expect to be their justifiable and normal concerns about like you sit there and you look in Canada and if and if uh, uh, if if the leader of a political party and like Trump hasn't secured the nomination yet and I know that we're, we're we're early in on this we haven't even talked primaries and yada 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 blah 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 but work with me here if you had somebody the leading candidate for the leadership of a political party that could very easily form government mm-hmm. that was facing serious criminal charges that could very well be on their way to jail, that had orchestrated and encouraged and failed to stop or failed to condemn an attack on parliament, you think that they would be anywhere close to getting elected? There's not a chance. No way. But in the United States, Trump has shown that with very little problem, he can secure 50 million votes. I think that the last election, I think Biden won with something like 54 million-ish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can you hear it in my voice? I feel a little nervous. I do too. 
Especially if he picks Kanye as his running mate. Oh, my God. I think yeah. it's a lock. Are those guys still tight? We haven't heard from <laughs> Kanye for a while. No, he's been, I, I, did he get remarried? I saw he got remarried, but uh, yeah, he's been he's been laying low for a bit. Huh. Sue is on our live chat. It's great to see her here. She says, I'm with Carter. Get rid of leaf blowers. Sue says, also, I love my push mower. Uh, she says, the gentle clickety-click sound. The exercise I get, the environmental impact. Sue says, if you live in the city, you don't need a big mower. Um, I'm going to be honest. I spent a little bit of time... Um, just because I'm just because I'm so jacked, Johnny, and I was working so hard in the yard, I went to fire up our gas mower a few weeks ago and actually ripped the you know the the the, the start cable, the cord you pull, pulled it right out. I pulled it right out, mm. and I was like, this feel it's probably easy to fix, but I was like, this feels like an, almost an unnecessary. Like I had to load it up in my vehicle. I got to take it to the lawnmower repair place. Mm-hmm. They're going to sell me on like new spark plugs and sharpening the blade and everything. It's mm-hmm. going to end up being three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I might just go with one of these mowers that Sue's talking about. These like old school manual. I love seeing those, the rotary or whatever. Yeah. 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 They're really neat. Yeah. And, uh, and, and zero environmental impact. You can carry them around. So yeah, Sue, good call on that. I shouldn't have mentioned it because I'm all over Kijiji right now trying to find one and I'm going to sick everybody else onto <laughs> Kijiji. I'm going to end up screwing myself. You know, every single Wednesday, we have a chance. We're talking. This is not planned, but it seems like every time we're talking about the environment and environmental initiatives, it reminds us of, of why we care so much. Right. Our future, obviously. And, and of course, the areas, the beautiful areas that surround us that that the onus is on us, quite frankly, to celebrate and to protect. And it's a, a perfect uh, opportunity for us to head out to the mountains like we do every Wednesday, courtesy of our friends at Tourism Jasper. It's a tradition that we call My Jasper Memories. And we wanted to put something on your radar this year. This is really exciting. They've got a new upstart business in town, a new backpacking guide in Jasper. It's called Starry Summit Mountain Adventures, and it's run by the guy who literally wrote a book on the best peaks in the Rockies, and he's now offering guided backpacking adventures through Jasper National Park. So maybe you've been out there before and you've done some car camping, but you're ready to kick it up a notch, or maybe you love hiking to beautiful places, but you don't want to worry about gear, or in the back of your mind, you're a little concerned about navigating the backcountry, then guided backpacking is for you. The company's backpacking adventures range from three days all the way up to 11 days. How cool would that be? You can hit some of the more remote trails like North Boundary or Fiddle River, uh, where you'll likely have the mountains to yourself. There's nothing quite like it. Um, The adventures include guiding, parking, camping fees, food during your adventure, group equipment like tents, sleeping bags, cooking gear, first aid equipment, transportation to and from the trailheads. Basically, you barely have to worry about anything. On each of these adventures, you'd normally hike between uh, 10 and 20K per day, uh, between 500 and 1,000 meters of elevation gain. And, uh, of course, you know, your pack weight will vary depending on the adventure that you've chosen. But using a guide, you can simplify logistics. You can ensure safety. These are certified wilderness first aid practitioners. And you can help learn, uh, you help yourself learn about the landscape, develop skills with backcountry travel. This is an incredible opportunity, really. And if you've got your heart set on something specific, maybe you saw your friends go somewhere, you've, you've seen uh, or, or read about a, a really neat opportunity somewhere in the backcountry in Jasper National Park, but, but you'd love to have a guide. Develop that custom backpacking adventure for you. The journey can start today by visiting starrysummit.ca. Guided backpacking and photography in Jasper National Park. How cool is that? Again, starrysummit.ca. 
And Johnny, just before we wrap up, I did also want to remind everybody that registration's open now and they're selling tickets. Uh, accommodation's going to go quick on this one. Mark your calendars October 13th to 22nd. The Jasper Dark Sky Festival is back as well. It's a one-of-a-kind annual event with cosmic concerts, fascinating speakers, and supernova-sized experiences, including some real parties. You can check out jasperdarksky.travel for more there. There's a lot going on in Jasper. This is an amazing time of year to get out to Jasper National Park. Make your own My Jasper Memories. This is presented by Tourism Jasper. Kind of a, a health initiative that flew under the radar this week. Yeah. As of Tuesday, uh, health Canada is implementing uh, new requirements where manufacturers that are selling cigarettes in Canada are going to have to label each individual cigarette I saw this with a health warning. It's printed on the filter of the cigarette um, and it's going to remind people of all the realities of the health impacts of smoking. Uh, some of the messages, you know, poison in every puff, which is pretty effective. That's to be honest. That, that got me. Yeah, cigarettes uh, harm children. Yeah, cigarettes cause cancer. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I kind of think I don't think it's long before the whole cigarette is just. You could. It's it's going to be a paragraph of. It's going to talk back read. to you. It's gonna, there's going to be like a little. You take a puff and it's like. There's like a little speaker in the film. This is killing. killing you. You're killing yourself with every puff. <laughs> Cigarettes cause cancer. Yeah. But it's 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 really remarkable. I'm mean, just speaks and nothing I'm saying here is profound. But to the addictive nature of cigarettes, that despite all of the branding and labeling requirements on packs. I mean, if anybody's seen a pack of cigarettes in the last 10 to 15 years, the images are absolutely revolting. Uh, you know, I can think of like the ones showing mouth cancer, showing what it does to your heart and causing heart disease, showing what it does to your lungs. And then there's just the real guilt trip ones too, right? Like like the mom that's sitting there puffing on the smoke and her daughter's looking up at her. There's kind of the guilt trips there, but mm -hmm. it, it's amazing. Cigarettes uh, continue to sell in Canada. Yeah, I'll be curious but, to see I mean, if this one makes a difference. This yeah. is next level messaging i mean smoking continues to decline in north america and canada like in 1965 i was just reading this morning when we were saying we were going to talk about this uh over the past five decades a remarkable reduction in smoking in actually the entire world but in canada approximately half of canadians smoked back in 1965 now it's about one in ten so is that because you know just general health awareness or is it because of uh you know the lengths that the uh government is going to to warn people about what it does to your health i don't know i don't know if it does much what do you like what do you actually think is behind the decline because it's, it's it's noticeable everywhere and, and and i feel like we've seen it in our life and i'm not you know i'm 46 now mm -hmm. when i was in my early 20s uh working you know as a server in a restaurant as a as a bartender mm -hmm. shift leader at a at earl's down in calgary we had I mean, basically, the entire lounge would be smoking. Yeah, of not course. not technically, but you'd have like a non-smoking section, which yeah. is always a joke because the smoke would obviously cover the entire place, yeah. and that was normal. I remember, as does anybody that worked in the service industry. Oh man, like can you coming even, home and just reeking. Or even I remember in nightclubs being on dance floors. Oh and yeah, you get burned. Like you get people burned just all the time. Smoking, and it's something kids nowadays they they'll never even be able to comprehend. But people smoked. Literally everywhere. So I think it's a few reasons. I mean, I guess one would be just people understand the health impacts more 
I mean, it used to be you'd go into the doctor's office, your doctor was smoking, you know? It, we didn't know as much. Now we know it definitely causes cancer. It definitely kills you. It definitely cuts down on your life expectancy. Number two, I guess, just inconvenience. Like, you go everywhere. You can't smoke anywhere. People, outside buildings even. Yeah. Walking down the street, people will look at you and if you're smoking. I, I don't know, because I don't smoke, but like... It, it, you know, it's very inconvenient now. So I would guess that has something to do with it. Yeah, I think well. yeah, I think there is a stigma. Um, a friend of mine smokes, uh, won't name him because I'm not sure he wants this conversation going public, but we were playing golf the other day, mm. uh, the other week, and, and he says to me, um, I said, how's your love life, pal? You know, because he'd been single for a while. I go, how's your love life? He goes, he goes I finally found somebody. And I was joking because he said the word finally. And I go, oh, finally. And I turn around to him and he says, as a smoker, he says it's way harder to find a partner. Yeah. And I hadn't thought about that. And back in the day, it's so probably I go, easy. I go, does she smoke? He goes, oh, yeah, buddy. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, buddy. We're darting together. Because he loves his smokes. But so there's that. There's kind of the social stigma. There's, mm-hmm. there's the, like you said, it's, it's, it's way less convenient. Yeah. And there's other methods now. Like there's, there, the, first of all, there's vaping, which we don't know. I mean, I'm sure inhaling chemicals all day is is not better than smoking, but we know it definitely doesn't have you know tar, and you can get nicotine free ones, so we we can eliminate some of those things. But there's there's also like more methods to get off smoking now. There's more help. There's nicotine gum. There's all these ways that can get you away from it. And as well, I think I don't think as many you know kids are smoking. Like we, I, like you just said, I think we all grew up with smoking. Our aunts, our uncles, our grandparents. My parents didn't smoke. My grandfather and grandma, you know, they'd be driving me, you know, somewhere on the weekend and, and just puffing with the windows up. That That's not happening as much anymore. So yeah. maybe the younger folks, they're not exposed to it as much. And they have other methods if they want to smoke or inhale things there's a variety of other things they can do that are less impactful yeah. on your health right i'm not convinced that the vaping trend is a good one. Oh, it's definitely like, if you, know, you read the ingredients some of them are yeah. in small amounts but they are they're poison people can google and i'm not a health expert and you know what we should what we'll do is we it's should, poison we'll do a segment on vaping yeah. uh we should we'll add that to our list um, because I mean, people can Google things like off the top of my head, popcorn lung is like one of the things oh, that yeah. people can talk about and we don't totally understand the health implications. You see a lot of young people, the junior high and high school students, basically, and, and obviously full grown adults too, but these are the people that would be smoking back in the day, right? I mean, I remember back at Henry Wisewood high school, you know, circa 1992, the smoke pit out the back doors, oh, dude, I mean, everybody. Yeah. And if you weren't smoking at Wisewood in the early nineties, it's because you had a dip in. If you weren't smoking, it's because you were chewing. I mean, that's just the way that it was. So I, I don't know. I think that the stigma in this way is in yeah. this context is probably a good thing. There's going to be no pushback. No. It's a no-brainer. I should mention that Canada becomes the first nation in the world wow. to require this type of branding, to yeah. require these warnings on individual cigarettes. We should do one on smoking and vaping altogether. I, I do know that I looked up some of the numbers. Like I think cigarettes contain close to 7,000 chemicals as you're inhaling them as they're ignited, where vaping has like 2,000. So you can make the case that like vaping is better because there's less chemicals. And also vaping it w- was originally pushed as a way to get off of cigarettes, right? It wasn't like switch to this long term it was like hey here's how we can get you off of cigarettes we can wean you off with less nicotine less chemicals and then eventually you can find your way right but a whole show on this with experts would 
would really tickle my fancy. How about this? MA says a friend's daughter lost part of a lung directly related to vaping. Oh, yeah. And they can blow up. Like if they get overheated, they can explode. There's there's all sorts of stuff. Wow. Uh, Brian says my first time I went to Lisbon. Oh, Brian, I need to get back to Lisbon. What an amazing city. Uh, he says walking through the airport terminal there, there was like this blue haze and, and it just reeked because smoking was allowed in the building. He says five years later, we came back the second visit. The terminal was completely clear. Mm-hmm. Um, others are remembering there were smoking sections on airplanes. Can you imagine lighting a cigarette on an airplane now, i don't remember now. that i think i was too i don't i don't think that was around when i don't know that i remember it? smoking on an airplane even as a kid but i do remember no. when airplanes still had the ashtrays um not that they were being utilized but but i just think even with what we know about like i'm not an expert but oh stuff yeah like, we were we, know, we, yeah 1971 i mean just absolutely they wild <laughs> they started <laughs> banning it in 71 yeah yeah that was i mean Drunk driving wasn't even illegal until like the 1960s. But it does say by 94, everywhere pretty much had had banned it. But it started in in the mid-70s. The 90s aren't that long ago, though. No, it's not. You know, I can't imagine being in a cabin. Like the last thing I told you this, I had a devastating flight, which caused me not to fly for a while flying back into Kelowna during the wildfires and some wildfire smoke got in the cabin. The last thing you want to smell or see on an airplane is smoke. It's yeah. just like the most It just seems unsafe too. Like, they have like what's it, pressurized <laughs> oxygen and stuff yeah. like that. It just seems wild. Uh, Knud says, back in the day, my doctor lit up while checking my lungs. <laughs> you look at cigarette That's marketing. What I'm talking about. I mean, back in the day, they were cigarette manufacturers were literally like four out of five doctors recommend the relaxing pull of whatever brand cigarette. It's just no, completely man. wild. But Absolutely now wild. those same companies that got rich by giving everyone cancer, they're now all moving into the vape world. So, yeah. Oh, sure. So that's another reason to kind of, you know, second guess all of that stuff. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, we want to get to a couple of emails from you from Real Talkers. Uh, these uh, are messages received to talk at RyanJesperson.com. They don't qualify for trash talk. That's coming up tomorrow. Uh, we're taking an extra long weekend here on the show. Uh, that means that no Real Talk episodes on Friday or Monday on the August long weekend. So trash talk will go Thursday. You still have time to get in your gripe, uh, to sound off on whatever's on your mind, the, the burr under your saddle, so to speak, by sending an email to talk at RyanJesperson.com. But a couple of positive ones that we're going to read in just a second. First, I want to remind you, I mean, all this talk about fire and smoke. How do we not mention Complete Care Restoration? This is a family-owned business. This is a business that started up 10 years ago, literally in a garage. And now they've grown to one of Alberta's disaster, uh, Alberta's biggest disaster restoration. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I'll call them a recovery company because this is a team, Complete Care Restoration, that's helping people get back on their feet after experiencing the, the horrific you know, wildfire implications, uh, maybe flood damage through those spring or summer rains. You know what I'm talking about. I heard from a friend just yesterday. I feel terrible for them. Their basement flooded. They had some stuff on the floor down there that can't be replaced. And job number one for them right now is to get the drywall done, get that carpet ripped. I mean, what a mess. They're going to get in touch with Complete Care Restoration because we can give them two thumbs up. We've worked with this team, and I can tell you I've never seen professionalism like we've seen from Complete Care Restoration. If you find yourself in this nightmare situation, check your insurance policy or ask your advisor, your adjuster. Chances are you can choose who does the work, and we recommend that you choose Complete Care Restoration. 
Apex Automation is hiring and they want you to know that if you're a professional engineer working in Canada, they'd love to hear from you, most especially if you have an interest in Industry 4.0, if you have an interest in automation, if you're interested in where industry is going, you know, whether that's Canada's energy industry, it could be potash mining, it could be robotics, it could be agriculture and autonomous vehicles, whatever it is, it is being innovated by Apex Automation. They're helping people find fulfillment in their careers, find purpose, and it's a company that proudly puts their people ahead of their profits, including the amazing story of why they opened their new office down in the Lone Star State of Texas. It was to keep, it was to retain talented team members that were moving stateside. Unbelievable leadership at Apex Automation, and they'd love to hear from you if you're a professional engineer or soon will be one. If you're an engineering school uh, across the country, it's never too soon to get in touch with Apex Automation. Hey, it's no secret that oil sands emissions are a big part of what Canada's looking at when it comes to commitments on that path to net zero. Well, oil sands operations are contributing significant carbon emissions across the country. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. So the six largest companies are working together and with governments to take strides on the path to net zero from their operations. Now, part of that plan includes developing a proposed carbon capture and storage network by 2030, seven years from now. And it's going to be one of the world's largest. You can learn more today by visiting pathwaysalliance.ca. And speaking of trash talk, of course, you know that's presented every single week here on the show by our friends at Local Environmental Services. Uh, They're operating out of Alberta and Saskatchewan, working with municipalities, working with big, huge businesses like West Edmonton Mall, and then working for the Ma and Pa shops, like a couple of the restaurants right by our house. I love seeing those signature green bins. Uh, These are businesses that have taken their business to local environmental services over the past couple of years. Coincidence, John? I don't think so. You can request a quote today, whether it's landfill services, the big roll-off bins, front-load bins permanently there for your business. Hey, water hauling, vacuum truck services, fencing, portable toilets. Maybe you've got a big festival coming up. Keep it local with localenvironmental.ca. Remember when they used to say smoking or non-smoking? Smoking or non-smoking, <laughs> and then the, and then the, some of the parents would like look at each other and, and go, uh, maybe maybe non-smoking tonight. Which one gets us in faster? Yeah, which one gets us in faster? Yeah, it's it's wild to think of of how the culture has changed, and I mean when we're talking about stuff, I mean, whether it's you know I'm not drawing a straight line, but gas-powered leaf blowers mm. or plastic bags mm. or smoking or seatbelt laws that came into effect. I mean, mm-hmm. isn't it wild to think that we didn't have seatbelt legislation <laughs> until a short time ago? You know, somebody wants to preserve their right. They yeah. want to they preserve their freedom to fly through their windshield at 110 kilometers an hour and hit the pavement. Yeah. Um, and, th- and this isn't like the most empathetic way to look at that subject but if you look at the public liability on that with a mm. publicly funded healthcare system no wonder there's public support for things like seatbelt laws and 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 uh you know smoking as they call them smoking cessation mm-hmm. initiatives trying to get people to quit smoking right conspiracy theorists the government's trying to help you live longer yeah. it's not the other way around so you can pay taxes <laughs> longer says the senate and they also me. don't want you incurring 
un, un, unreasonable fees on the healthcare system. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, you can send us an email anytime, and we mean it when we say that we value your feedback. A lot of time, it's messages from real talkers that are that are going to you know put stories on our radar. You know, shout out to Megan yesterday who sent us an email about a book, uh, Invisible Women: Data Bias in a World Designed for Men. Amazing, Megan. We got your email, and that's something that we're looking into for a future segment. Uh, you can be in touch with us anytime. You can check the connect link on our website, ryanjesperson.com. We got this one from Jeff yesterday who took the time to say, uh, after a tough show, we're talking about sexual abuse, sexual assault yesterday uh, with Daniel Aubrey out of Calgary and George Chahal, the member of parliament, talking about the Calgary stampede. Jeff says, what a great topic on the show. What makes me so angry about people blaming drag queens and liberal elites for child trafficking is that it makes it much harder for people like Danielle Aubrey on your show who are really trying to do something about child abuse to actually do something about it. And Jeff, I think you're right on that. We also got an email from BMJ, and we appreciate this. Uh, BMJ uh, wrote in after we talked to Wyatt Sharp. What a remarkable young journalist Wyatt Feed is. Him. 14 years old, and the guy's interviewing like the who's who of American politics, sitting down with the prime minister, all the Canadian premiers. No big deal. If you missed that interview, you can check it out from Monday's episode. He talked about... Um, basically uh, the word woke and how it's being leveraged and, and politicized and supercharged by politicians on, on both sides of the Canada U S border. It prompted BMJ to write in with this, uh, uh, Oh shoot. What's this called when, when something stands for something like NASA or, or YMCA, what's that called? It starts with an a, you know what I'm saying? Acronym acronym. Is it acronyms? Yeah. Thanks <laughs> <Yes>. John. <laughs> I should have checked my dictionary before we got into this, but, but BMJ writes in and says, woke is good okay and then they 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 created this acronym w willing to acknowledge o open-minded observation of obsolete behavior and beliefs k knowledge now that you know what you know you cannot mm. unknow it is that a maya angelou quote i don't know and e empathy and education when we know better we can do better so willing to acknowledge open-minded observation of obsolete behavior and beliefs, knowledge, when you know what you know, you can know it, and E, empathy and education, when we know better, we can do better. And then I love this, uh, invoking the lyrics of one of the great songs of all time. Come on, people now, smile on your brother. Everybody get together, try and love one another right now. BMJ yeah, signs off by saying, hey, I didn't sing it on purpose, man. Um, <laughs> can you take us out to break? <laughs> Everybody get together. Uh, BMJ says, thanks to Real Talk, I have been awoken. Please keep shining the light. That is an amazing yeah, email to woke. receive. I mean, what, what, what's the opposite? What do you you want? Nap? Asleep. Slumbered? Asleep. Drowsed? I've always wondered this. Some people <laughs> people will spit out the word progressive. I'm not woke. Real Talk is a progressive podcast. And I say, well, there's plenty of regressive media out there for you if you would prefer. <laughs> uh, a lot of people are, are, are filling our cups right now, letting us know uh, your quitting smoking stories, which is awesome to know that you're going to be here longer with us. And to those of you that are still hauling on darts, it's not too late to make the change. We love you. We want you here with us. Coming up on tomorrow's episode of Real Talk, we're going to wrap up our podcasting week by bringing back a crew that, well, you've told us you love hearing their takes. It's our group chat roundtable. There's a rumor 
that Edmonton's going to be moving toward political parties on city council. Some folks have always said the beauty of municipal politics is that it's a no-party system, but is there a plus side? We'll get into it, plus other stories of the day. We'll talk to you then. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson. Executive Producer, Josh Dunford. Technical Producer, John Hicks. General Manager, Katie Cook-Chivers. Account Coordinator, Lawrence Durlego. Human Resources, Lena Shepard. Website Design, Mike Johnston. VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Sapria Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandi Morin, Anne Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a Relay Project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.